0: Thank you for listening to the sermons from St. Timothy's Church. For more information, check out our website at sttimothysstores.org or visit us at 6 p.m. on Sundays at the Nathan Hale Inn. Father, and we do sing and say, Holy, 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 are you Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Amen. Now you guys can take a seat. (laughs) Except for poor Johanna. Now we're going to spend some time engaging with God's word. We want to create space for him like each week to speak to us individually before he speaks to us corporately. And this week we're going to do something just a little bit different. Because if you're like me, it's been a stressful week. It's been a long week. You're tired. You're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. So we just want to take a moment and just release the stress and the tension and the worry and the anxiety and any physical pain. Just release that to God. Um, So if you walk with me through a quick meditation, we're just going to invite you. And invite God to lift some of the burdens off your shoulders. So I invite you to take a deep breath in, just breathing in the goodness of God. And a deep breath out, just letting go of the stress of the week. And I invite you to picture God just lifting the stress off of your body. Starting from the top of your head, down your neck and your shoulders through your arms to the tips of your fingers, and down your legs to the bottom of your feet. Just inviting God's Spirit into your physical body and to drive out any stress, any anxiety, any worry, any pain. And just one more deep breath in, breathing in the goodness of God. And one more breath out, just letting go of the stress of the week. So, Father, we are here, we are present. Speak to us through your word. We are listening with open hands, with open hearts, and with open minds. First Timothy four verses six through sixteen. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gifts you have, which was given to you by prophecy. When the council of elders laid their hands on you, practice those things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Yeah, and we're going to dive back into this letter. We've been walking with Paul through his letter to Timothy for the last couple of weeks, and this time, this time it's a little bit different. So we've seen Paul give lots of instructions and lots of directions and a lot of bit of correction, but here we see Paul give a little bit of compassion, um, a lot of compassion for Timothy, because he doesn't just address what's going on in the larger church community. He's really addressing what's going on in Timothy. Um, and he spent some time advising Timothy and encouraging Timothy, um, because you can imagine at this point, Timothy's probably a little bit bruised and battle weary. Um, so maybe sort of like the rest of us at this point in the semester, at this point in the year, a little bit bruised, a little bit battle weary from a difficult assignment, um, correcting and leading a church that may not want correction or leadership from Timothy, um, which is not an easy assignment. And that's why Paul just kind of steps in to give Timothy some really timely reminders. He reminds Timothy that God needs to work in Timothy first before he can work through Timothy in the church of Ephesus. So what God is doing in Timothy is as important, if not more so, than what he's doing through Timothy in the church. So Paul tells Timothy, lead by example. In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, Let your life be an example and a testimony of the kind of godliness the people of Ephesus should aim for and can achieve. So Paul's message is essentially, if people see how God works in Timothy then even the ones who are resistant to Timothy because he's young and because he's he's not Paul, they want Paul and instead they got Timothy, if they can see Timothy's relationship with God, if they see Timothy's walk with God, if they see the depths of the intimacy between Timothy and God, then they'll be more open, more responsive, more respectful of Timothy than they've been in the past. Um, And Timothy can work more powerfully when God is working powerfully in Timothy. So I always have to have a 19th century reference in every sermon that I do, since that's what I study. Um, So Ralph Waldo Emerson, a famous 19th century public intellectual and philosopher and thinker said, what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. And I think that's just kind of an interesting way of saying that your actions speak louder than your words. That if you want to tell people to strive for godliness, if you want to teach people how to be godly, if you want to lead people in the way of godliness, then you have to be godly yourself. Mm -hmm. That you have to be what you want other people to be before you tell them what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. So instead of criticizing them for just falling short and pointing out all the ways that they're not meeting the standard, you're just a living example of what they can aim for, what they can achieve. And it's not easy, but you can lead by example even when people don't necessarily want to follow you. Um, Because it doesn't become as important. Whether they follow you or not is really secondary. Because you're focused on your relationship with God and what he's doing in you. And then what he does through you flows out of that. And like we talked about, the people in Ephesus were not very happy to have Timothy and not Paul. Um, Like Maggie was just mentioning the, the passage, let no one despise you for your youth." And remember, Timothy is not that young. He's probably in his late 30s or mid to late 30s. So he's not hes not like 12. <laughs> so he's not like, but he's not Paul. He's not a respected elder leader in the church. He's a young adult. Like, I still call myself a young adult. Vince <laughs> may disagree, but like, so like many of us, he's a young adult. Um, and so Paul says, don't let anyone look down on you disrespect you dismiss your teaching disregard your faith because you're younger and because you're not paul because you haven't walked and taught and done the things that paul did just because you don't have the name and the reputation and the authority doesn't mean that god isn't working in you in powerful and significant and important ways so ephesus wanted paul and god sent them timothy and paul is saying you are enough just as you are just who you are just at the age you are you're exactly enough for Ephesus if you allow me to work through you first so he says that he says show them the depth of your relationship with God by setting the example of godliness and being above reproach in every area of your life in your conversations in your relationships in your choices in your decisions be above reproach he tells Timothy train yourself for godliness And he says it's great to develop athletic muscles, so being physically fit is a wonderful thing, um, and it's a Greco-Roman value, it's a value of the day, it's a value of that time period. Um, but Paul says spiritual muscles are first and foremost. And what I think really interesting about this passage, Paul emphasizes this point, train yourself for godliness, train yourself for godliness. But he doesn't actually say how. So he doesn't actually articulate or lay out what it looks like for Timothy to train himself for godliness. What exactly Timothy is supposed to do. So later in the letter he talks about how Timothy should use his teaching gifts to preach scripture and exhort the public and to teach. But that's how, t- how Timothy is supposed to use his teaching gifts. That's not how Timothy is supposed to train himself for godliness. So he says, train yourself for godliness. But he doesn't say how. He doesn't say, train yourself for godliness by memorizing scripture. He doesn't say, train yourself for godliness by fasting. Train yourself for godliness by feeding the poor. Train yourself for godliness by spending time in prayer. Train yourself by godliness by giving up this thing or that thing or that relationship or this commitment. He just says, train yourself for godliness because godliness is a value in every way. He gives the why because it's a value in every way but not the how how the heck do I train myself for godliness and maybe you don't but I love the fact that Paul doesn't give us the how he doesn't give us the to-do list the checklist this, you do this and then you do this and then you do this because it's an invitation for us to figure it out for ourselves to do it in a way that is meaningful and significant and important for us because each of us in this room are very different people And we all have different personalities and different likes and different dislikes, different relationships with God, and different spiritual needs. What DeReef needs to train himself for godliness is different than what I need. And so if there was just one thing that all of us were supposed to do, it could feel like an unnatural fit. That's why I'm so grateful for the freedom in God, to be exactly the people that God created us to be. So train yourself for godliness is not a one-size-fits-all command. We're all, we all need to do the same thing to achieve the same end. For each of us, it's going to look different. And we can assume that pa- Timothy knew what he was supposed to do. Paul didn't have to tell him. Timothy already knew. But do you know for yourself? If someone, If I were to say to you, go out there this week and train yourself for godliness... What would be the first things that come to mind? What would be the things you'd say, all right, I'm, this week I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, because this is how I deepen my relationship with God? What would feed your soul? How do you experience God powerfully? When does He feel most near to you, most real to you? Would you spend time reading Scripture? Would you spend time journaling? Would you spend time just walking outside in nature, just allowing the beauty of creation to feed your soul? Would you sit in stillness? Would you blast worship music in your room? Mm -hmm. What would be the way that you would experience God most powerfully? And just for an example, Vince and I are very different in this area. Um, We took a prayer class together once, and we sort of had opposite responses to some of the practices. So Vince loved the prayer practices that were a lot of silence and stillness. Without a lot of directions or interference from the leaders, he loved the stillness. When there was less external noise and less directions, he could just hear God's voice unfiltered, unfettered, undirected by the outside world. And for him, that was profoundly powerful. And for me, it was unendingly boring. I just couldn't do it. I'm, I'm a, a bit of an extrovert. I like stimulation. I like color. I like stuff. I'm not good at sitting in silence, sitting in stillness, sitting just with no, no stimulation, no jumping off point. So sometimes silence is really powerful for me, but more often I have to be doing something to engage with God, listening to worship music. I find walking to be a really powerful time for me to engage with God because my body is doing something, so my mind is at kind of ease to to engage in conversation with God because I'm not thinking, oh, I should answer that email or, oh, I need to go get my laundry out of the dryer. I'm just like, I'm here, I'm walking, there's nothing I can do but talk to God. Mm But everybody's different. What works for you might not work for me. What works for Vince doesn't work for me. What works for me might not work for you. But in order to train ourselves for godliness, we need to figure out what works for us. We need to find the thing that feeds our soul. The thing we do to train ourselves for godliness, to develop a godly character and godly habits so God can work powerfully in us before he works through us. So this week, spend some time thinking, how do you connect with scripture? There's so many ways to connect with scripture. You can read it. You can read it in big chunks. You can read it in short verses, like just focus on a verse at a time. You can journal. I love to journal about a short verse, and then I just write down, this word stood out to me because. That's all, sometimes that's all I'll write. You can listen to it right out loud if you have the Bible Gateway app. You can choose a voice and just listen to it in the car, as you walk, just hear the word of God spoken to you. What is the best way for you to spend time with God in prayer? Do you like silence? Do you like to listen to music? Do you like to pray with other people? Do you like to um, write down your prayers? What is the best way for you to spend t- time with God in prayer? Do you like to pray in the morning and at night? Do you pray while you're walking through your day? What style of music most connects with you? Do you like um, like contemporary worship music, Hillsong or Bethel? Do you like hymns? Do you like instrumental music? Do you just like silence? Do you not need music? Who do you love to serve? Who do you love to get involved with and help when you're doing this, when you're helping this people group, you feel the presence of God empowering you to do what you couldn't do on your own. And these answers don't have to be the same for everyone, but they do have to be true for you. So we want you to create your own training regimen. Create your training regimen for training yourself for godliness. Cause like we said, God does want to work through you. He wants to use your lives and use your gifts and use your heart to bring healing and wholeness and hope into the world. But first, but first, before He does the work in the world, He wants to do the work in you. He wants to bring healing and wholeness and hope to you as an individual and as a person. But how will He work through you? When he's, when he's worked in you, when he's connected with you, when you're rooted in a relationship with God, how will he work through you? In his letter, Paul talks about God working through Timothy by using Timothy's spiritual gifts. So remember, he tells Timothy, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. And like we mentioned before, he, Paul here isn't talking about how Timothy should train himself for godliness. He's talking about once Timothy has trained himself for godliness, this is how he uses his spiritual gifts to impact the world. And what are spiritual gifts? It's kind of a, a churchy word, a churchy idea, um, but they're just God-given special abilities that were are meant to use to bless God's people. So they're gifts from God that we use to bless the world, to build the church, to to support people to love people to love God's people the special gifts that God has given us uniquely to bless his work to bless his people and to bless his church and so we can tell from this verse that pa- Paul has told Timothy what his gifts are Timothy knows what his gifts are Paul says that they were given to him when the church elders laid hands on him and prayed for him and and Depending on your background and beliefs, many people believe that at our conversion, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit will give us special spiritual gifts to bless the church. Um, And we're not too concerned the moment you get them, where they come from, how you get them, but we're concerned that how you use them, how you identify them and how you use them. Because like Timothy, God has given each of us spiritual gifts, and he wants us to use them. So we might not all have the gifts of teaching and leadership like Timothy, but we do have some gifts. And some of you probably already know what they are. You've maybe been practicing them for years. You've maybe been using them to bless the people around you for as long as you can remember. And if you already know, if you've got those locked down, just take a minute and think about how are you using them now? So maybe you used them in the past. Maybe you know you have the gift of encouragement or the gift of hospitality. And you've used them in the past, so you're good. But how are you using them now? What does the gift of encouragement look like in your life now? Who are you encouraging? Who are you opening your home to? Who are you supporting? When is the last time you used your gifts? And as you grow in godliness... Are there new ways that God is inviting you to use your gifts? Are there new dimensions? Are there new levels? Are there new opportunities that are available to you now that you've been training yourself in godliness, now that you've matured as a follower of Christ? So that's if you already know your gifts. But for many of us, we're still figuring it out. We might know things that we like. We might know things we have aptitudes for, but we're not quite sure what are our spiritual gifts. And maybe we've had them for years and we just don't know it. Because sometimes the last person to know what our gifts are is us. So, and our gifts need to be identified and developed so that we can share it with those who need them. Because remember, our spiritual gifts are not just for us. If, I'm, if I've got the spiritual gift for encouragement, I don't just look in the, window, in the mirror every day and say, You're awesome. You're amazing. Go get it. Our spiritual gifts are meant to bless the world. And so God wants to work in, in us and through us to bless us and bless his church, but we're responsible for identifying and developing our gifts. And so to kind of get that process rolling tonight, we put together just a little list of spiritual gifts. Well, not little, it's eight pages. <laughs> so little is not the right word. I mean, you should have it with your notes, and if you don't have it, we've got some extras all around here. And just as a note, this is not an exhaustive list. There are a couple of gift lists gift lists in the bible we kind of compiled them into one semi-master list and god may have given you a gift that's not listed here this is not an exhaustive list but it's a good starting place it's a good place to start thinking about it so if you already know what your gifts are i invite you to just go through the list and think about the things we talked about how are you using your gifts how have your gifts changed what is god inviting you into in this season and alternately how do you see these gifts in other people around you because as we talked about sometimes we don't see them in ourselves we need another person to say this is the gift i see in you and if this whole spiritual gift thing is new to you then read through them look and see yes this is absolutely me maybe this is me no i don't think this is me We'll give you some time to read through it, to go through it, to think about it. And then we'll just go around and share. Just choose one or two that you think, yeah, this is definitely me. And when we go around and bless you later, we're going to bless you, just as Timothy did when the council of elders laid their hands on, them, on Timothy and blessed him with his gifts, we'll do that with you guys. So we'll give you some time. You're already jumping right in, so you don't even need me. <laughs>